0: Hello, friends. This is your host, Megan Chida, and you are listening to episode eight. Today, we are going to talk about social abuse. We've talked about verbal abuse, we've talked about physical abuse, psychological abuse, and emotional abuse. I am working on 13 behavior patterns of the systems of abuse wheel, um, remember that abuse is something that happens repeatedly over and over in order to gain power, uh, creating chaos, creating, um, entitlement creating some sort of imbalance of power between two partners. So just because something happens one time doesn't necessarily make it abuse. But again, remember, we're looking for a pattern, a pattern of behavior. So for social abuse, we talk about, um, Basically, your interactions with others—it kind of goes; um, they all go hand in hand, really. But one aspect of social abuse is monitoring communication. So this is phone, email, text, and it can be done very subtly, like maybe just looking over your shoulder or having to know the passcode of your phone. Maybe they program their face as a um, as the one of the IDs that can get into your phone, and just generally checking up on you, going through your texts, going through your emails. It can get really insidious in terms of having a monitoring app on your phone. There are ways that you can monitor other people's phones. You can mirror their phone. You can monitor their phone calls, um, apps, or er, text, social media, tracking your social media, always checking up what are you posting? Who are you talking to? Who are you friends with? Who are you not friends with? What kind of conversations are you having with those friends? Um, monitoring the mileage on your car. it also falls into something like social abuse, making sure that you are where you say you're going to be. discourages friendships. Now this is something that is kind of a tricky one because they want you to have friends because you know it's healthy and everybody has friends but just not too close so the freedom and the education and the employment and the friendships and the family relationships and the the social engagement is all monitored and all very very um, it's their business everything you do is is their business so keeps a victim at home and um, dictates, the freedom to have friends and family and isolates isolates you know that was a big one and it wasn't the thing about it is that you know my my abuser would never ever say you can't be friends with this person or you shouldn't be close with this family member but it would be conversations that would start with things like why do they say those kinds of things or i don't agree with the way they think about this or you gotta be careful when you talk to them because they've got some beliefs that maybe aren't really accurate. Always creating that imbalance, always creating that suspicion suspicion, that's what it is, always creating suspicion and driving a wedge between. And then it got to where the isolation was was so intense that towards the end of, of our marriage, it would be that that it would be too big of a pain for me to spend time with my friends and my family, that I just wouldn't even want to deal with it. Like, I would rather not see my friends and family than have to deal with whatever argument would happen when I came home. Well, did you talk about me? Well, what did you say? Well, they just say bad things about me anyway. Well, you know, this, that, and the other, and just a constant list of accusations. Or if, like, you know, after you've been with somebody for a while, you you pick up their mannerisms, or maybe you laugh like them, or tell a joke that they would tell, or things like that, that was seen as a threat. So that was something to always be conscientious of because at first it was just questioning, but it really did get to where it was more of a pain to go see my friends and family and hang out with them than it was to just stay home, keep the peace, not be questioned, not get into arguments. So I had to be very careful about when I talked to my friends and family and how I talked to my friends and family then the other liability with that is if anything if any conversation ever got back to him that was also a big punishment a big discussion um you know that could that could be a weeks long argument that we would get into over that one time when I said something that was our business to somebody else. And really, I'm just looking for support. Everybody looks for support. And that's the difference here where, you know, you make normal friends and you have your conversations and sometimes your marriage comes up, your family comes up, your kids come up. It's it's normal to engage in these discussions with your friends. What's not normal is to have every single conversation picked apart and suspicion built based on what could or possibly has been said that could put them in the negative light. It's always a threat. Everything is a threat of what could put me in a negative light. Um, dictates freedom to education or employment. This really wasn't an issue um, for me, but it kind of goes along with intellectual abuse, and we'll talk about this in another episode. Um, but education was a big deal in terms of it being threatening. I was more educated and, um, intellectual. And so that was, that was a big threat. So that had to be. That had to be mitigated later, but those are some of the basic markers of social abuse, monitoring the communication. I will put some links in my show notes about um, what to do if you think you're being monitored, how to keep your things and your accounts safe if you think you're being monitored, um, your social media, tracking that, monitoring mileage, discouraging friendships, and And relationships with family members, too. That's a big thing that I believe is in other... other areas as well, but for sure in the social area, discouraging friendships and relationships and then keeping the victim at home because you know what? It's safer. If you're at home, you can't talk to anybody and there's not that risk of somebody finding out what's really happening at home. So if you or somebody you love is experiencing abuse or if you have experienced abuse, I just am here to tell you that it is possible to get out. It's possible to begin to gain clarity and understanding. And it's possible to stand up and say, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm here to remind you that you are not crazy. You're not alone. You deserve healthy love and you're safe here. Thanks for listening. Bye.